we've let ourselves down recently. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, welcome to the madhouse. doing something very very peculiar indeed it's a fucking halloween special my name's jimmy and over there's joey hello jimmy hello we are doing a halloween special for the first time since we launched yes we smashed out some christmas specials which is a bit weird yeah well no it's not i think it's perfectly normal i think oh, <laughs> oh okay we only did one i think uh black I christmas we a couple do you know when our first episode came out? Do I know when it came out? Yeah. 2019? Yep, April 2019. Wow. Yep, that will be, uh, wow. Four years in April. Fuck it out. In my kitchen. It was in your kitchen. And yeah. uh, we used um, plastic cups and string connected <laughs> to a, a wax cylinder. That recorded the vibrations. Remember? Yeah. Good times. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is our, uh, not just a Halloween special, but it's the end of our normal run, as it has always been. It's the end of an era. And then we're coming back. Yeah. Coming back with seasons. Nice. Yes. Series. Yeah. Series, sorry. Which will be lovely. All themed. Uh, hopefully, that'll work out a bit better for everybody they won't be so sporadic yeah because we'll record a bunch at once yeah just a bunch at once bang it out there you can all have a listen we'll stay up for like 72 hours straight yeah record a series yeah and release it as a jumbled mess the next day yes (laughs) why do anything any different (laughs) don't know right what film we doing today uh we are doing trick our treat trick our treat yes they couldn't call it trick or treat because there's that terrible terrible film called trick or treat starring i think it was the dude with the long tongue from kiss gene simmons <laughs> and ozzy osbourne oh, ozzy osbourne. <laughs> ozzy osbourne. And that, that that great uh gene simmons fella yes gene simmons and ozzy osbourne <laughs> yeah sweet I mean, they tried to get uh, John Bon Jovi, didn't they? But he was busy. They did, but they, they couldn't get him. He was away riding some sort of metal horse. I don't know. Yeah. Or just in the corner punching himself in the dick because he's a twat. Yeah. And it was a it was a steel horse, which is still a metal horse, but it was a steel wow. horse. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going right, to mock someone, quickly. we're going to do it properly. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Right. Quickly, let's just do, uh, what are you drinking there? What's that you've got? A little can of... Thatchers again. <laughs> Lovely. Well, we must... Um, at time of recording, this is a school night, isn't it? Yes. So we've both got jobs to do. Well, yeah, morning. we usually do a, a Friday night. What, what what have you got to drink? So I've got so I've got cider, the standard cider. But I've also got uh, this... I've got a horrible... Uh, Gin liqueur, Ooh. right? That was gifted to us at the weekend, and it's got gold flakes in it. Oh, fancy! It's disgusting. Oh, and it's clementine flavour. Okay, so it's very Christmassy. Is that a posh orange. Little monthy. Hey, is that a posh orange? No, it's a little one, isn't it? Jamie Oliver uses it a lot. Oh, the other thick tongue guy. Yes, the other. Gene Simmons. Oh no, he's a long time guy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, oh, this is a bit awkward. I'll turn around this way, actually. Oh, annoyingly, I've put it in a shot glass that I have my boiled eggs in it and I've not cleaned up the yolk very well down oh, the side. Oh, <laughs> that is manky. 
So I'm going to shoot this down. This quickly. Do you want to just say when the film came out? And yeah, I'll do stuff? some little intro facts, shall I, where you take that shot of gold. Yeah. So, uh, right, you'll hear Jimmy gag. But it was written and directed by Michael Doherty. That's how I'm saying his name. <coughs> it was, there you go, made in 2007, <laughs> but released in 2009, straight to DVD. In 2004, Michael Doherty made an animated short film called Season's Greetings, which was the inspiration and formed the basis of this film. It was originally called Season's Greetings, this film will be made after the short film, but that was changed because it sounds stupidly close to a Christmas film. And So then it was called... Are you right? You're not going to throw yeah, up? Fine. <laughs> fine. No, fine. Uh, then it was called Halloween Terrors. Jack O' Lantern Tales, October the thirty first, and Trick or Treat. They chose the uh, to call the film Trick or Treat, but they changed it uh, to Trick or Treat, as you said. Which which title would you have gone with? Um, I would have gone with um, um, not Seasons Greetings because that does sound like a terrible, terrible Christmas film. Yeah. Um, there was another good one in there. What was it? Something Halloween Terrors. Halloween Terrors is alright. It sounds like a Headstone Horror cover band. Yes. Tombstone yeah. Terrors. Tombstone Terrors. Halloween Terrors. Uh, Jack O' Lantern Tales might have been all right. I, I would... Actually, that's the best one. Yeah. That's anyway. the best one because there's a lot of Jack O' Lanterns in Yeah. This. So there you go. Right. Released in 2009. How was your shot? It was fucking disgusting. I think when we come back from our um, uh, short break before we do the series format uh when we come back to do that we should make more of an effort to have more interesting drinks and reviews yes we've Quick let reviews. ourselves down recently yeah there you go anyway right should we do the last ever paranormal graph yes it's a long paranormal graph i'm afraid because this is obviously an anthology i will just point out at the start of the film that there is a couple and the guy uh, she blows out the the jack o' lantern before yes. midnight which basically is a not a very good thing to do have you they ever heard that dying. before um no no neither have i i wonder no. if it was made up for the film mm, i don't think so i think i did actually google it afterwards i think it's i think it's a real thing okay well i'll just okay, believe I'll think, it maybe. blindly yeah. i don't care that much fuck it Right, we'll kick off with the first little bit uh, entitled Principle. Charlie, an overweight child who vandalizes jack-o'-lanterns, is caught stealing candy from an unattended bowl left by his school principal, Stephen Wilkins. He offers Charlie a candy bar while lecturing Charlie on the importance of respecting Halloween rules and traditions. Charlie gradually feels more unwell until he begins to vomit chocolate and blood. While clumsily attempting to hide the murder, he hands out candy to trick-or-treaters. Wilkins attempts to bury Charlie in his backyard, along with the body of another victim, but is continually interrupted by his young son, Billy, his elderly neighbour, Mr. Krieg, and Krieg's dog, Spite. The other victim turns out to still be alive and struggles in his sack, forcing Wilkins to violently beat him to death with a shovel before anyone can discern the noise. When Wilkins returns indoors, he briefly notices Krieg at the window, screaming for help before something seems to attack him. Wilkins guides Billy downstairs to carve a jack-o'-lantern, hiding a knife behind his back. After some hesitation, Wilkins appears to stab Billy. However, Billy is unharmed and it is revealed that the knife was plunged into Charlie's severed head, the jack-o'-lantern they are about to carve. Right, the next little one is the Halloween School Bus Massacre. That was me, is it? <laughs> yeah, you say that one. A group of teenage trick-or-treaters, Macy, Chip, Schrader and Sarah, are collecting jack-o'-lanterns when they meet Rhonda. The group, led by Macy, visits a flooded quarry where she tells the urban legend of the Halloween School Bus Massacre. In this legend, eight disabled children were killed by a school bus driver on Halloween. The children's parents wanted nothing more than to be rid of them, so they paid the bus driver to dispose of them. However, before the driver could complete his task, one child escaped his shackles and took control of the bus. 
The boy wound up causing the bus to fall into the quarry, killing the children, though the driver survived. The group splits up, leaving Rhonda and Chip behind. Rhonda is pursued by horrifying figures, but once she is reduced to tears, the other teens claim responsibility, revealing that they disguise themselves as the dead children in an attempt to prank her. All planned out by that bitch, Macy. Schrader realises that the trick has gone too far and comforts the terrified Rhonda, while a bitter Macy kicks a jack-o'-lantern into the water. Suddenly, the dead children emerge from the lake, attacking Macy and Sarah. Sarah is dragged away and killed while Rhonda escapes, abandoning the other three teens to their gruesome fate as revenge for their heartless prank on her. Dun, dun, dun. Third in the little story is Surprise Party! <laughs> Laurie joins her sister, Danielle, and friends... Maria and Janet for Halloween. She winds up with a little red riding hood costume that makes her look like she's five in comparison to her friends' revealing outfits. Laurie misses just trick-or-treating, which her sister and friends casually disregard. The other girls pick up dates, but Laurie declines in favour of staying to enjoy the town festival instead. She later encounters a hooded man dressed as a vampire who follows her into the woods and attacks her. She defeats the assailant and Laurie's friends unmasks the incapa incapacitated man at a bonfire where she forcibly brings him along. Are you beatboxing? Whoa. <laughs> and it turns out it's bloody Stephen Wilkins, the school principal. He's a serial killer who was after his victims at the festival. Mental. So he's finished carving. With his son, put his son to sleep, and got out. Gosh. Laurie's friends are then revealed to be werewolves. Werewolves. Shedding their clothing and skin before feasting on their deceased dates, Laurie is the last to transform and kills Wilkins before devouring him. Mm. Next little one's just called Sam, who's like the little man in the sack that peers in every single bit, which we fail to mention, but... You've seen it, you know it. Yep. In it. In it. Krieg! Wilkins' Halloween hating neighbour scares trick or treaters off his doorstep. As the night proceeds, Krieg encounters escalating phenomena. The house is egged, the lawn is filled with ornate jack o' lanterns, and the hallways and ceiling are scrawled with Halloween and Sam Hain greetings. Krieg is ambushed numerous times by Sam and eventually manages to unmask his assailant whose head resembles a frightful hybrid of a skull and a jack-o'-lantern. Krieg shoots Sam several times with a shotgun and pumpkin innards spray from the wounds. Sam proves difficult to kill, and after badly injuring Krieg, he eventually has the old man cornered. Instead of killing Krieg, Sam impales a candy bar in Krieg's lap. Satisfied, Sam spares a confused Krieg and ominously departs. Meanwhile, photographs burning in the fireplace reveal that Krieg is the driver... From the school bus massacre. Oh no! Oh no! I'll have a little sip. Yeah. That's, um... And then you can take us home with the conclusion. Yeah, this is all the bit that brings it all together. I think I will. Heavily bandaged Creed gives candy to trick or treaters. While on his front porch, he observes the street where he witnesses other characters in the film. Mill about observing Halloween traditions. Billy sits on his father's porch, handing out candy to trick-or-treaters and enjoying himself. Rhonda crosses the street, casually pulling a wagon filled with jack-o'-lanterns along. And is nearly run over by Laurie and the girls' van as they drive by laughing to each other. Emma and Henry arrive home. Henry relaxes in his house while Emma blows out the jack-o'-lantern as Sam moves in for the kill for breaking a Halloween tradition. Krieg retreats into his home, but immediately hears a knock on his door. These last trick-or-treaters are the children from the bus. They mockingly greet him before proceeding to brutally tear apart and devour Krieg as revenge for their murders. Shit. Woo! Anthology. It's very difficult to talk through an anthology. I'm sure we're going to get into how everything's linked. Yeah, you've done it. You've done it uh, well, rather than uh, I don't know how you could have written it 
in a linear way to go along as the film presents it would have been very hard. No. So I couldn't I couldn't puck it I couldn't get it down into a paragraph because it's there's so many stories going on. It's very difficult. Yep, and you might have to uh enlighten me to some of the linking that I missed because I think there's bits that I have not picked up on. Trick or dick or link. No, that doesn't what? work. Trick or dick or link. <laughs> That's, that's the work. worst Cut game that. show ever. Is that a game show you're coming up with? Is that what the new series oh, yeah, is going to be? True. Trick or dick or link? Yeah. What's a yeah. link? <laughs> is that like snog, oh, snog marrying murder type thing? Yeah. Trick or, it's, tri- it's called trick or dick. And it could be people go up to, they're like, there'd be a thing that sticks out through a, like a hole in a wall. <laughs> okay. And it could either be like a dick. Yeah. It could be a really, really hot chili, or it could be something tasty like a banana or an ice lolly, yeah, or something like that. This is a glory hole. Saying. This is a glory hole. Yes. Okay. But with but 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 there'd be a game show element to it. I'll be in a suit, <laughs> and I'll be going trick or dick, and you've got to find the dick. <laughs> okay, you've got to go through a few glory <laughs> holes and identify the dick. Yeah, you're blindfolded, Ovs. Well, I'm not blindfolded because I ain't playing, but I'll be your glamorous assistant. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> cool, I'm going to send that to ITV. Trick or dick? <laughs> yeah. Well, Schofield will love it. Yeah, it costs you word. Maybe he's my co-presenter. <laughs> yeah, Schofield and Willoughby. They'll be jumping the queue to get into that one. <laughs> Should we do some frights and delights? Absolutely. Or trick or treats. Ooh, <laughs> that one was so easy, I can't believe I missed it. <laughs> right, here we are then. Uh, trick or treat or dick, Jimmy, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'll start us off, shall I? Go for it. <laughs> the, uh, the film consists of different stories that are vaguely interlinked in the way that they happen around each other. You can uh, actually see characters from each story in the background of the other stories, which is a nice touch. So this is a treat. Uh, It's quite cleverly used to show the viewer the chronological order of which the film is happening and where uh, events in the film happen with relation to other events in the film because it would be pretty hard to follow otherwise. It would be pretty hard to understand that they're all linked together if they didn't have that. The film starts, doesn't it, with um, the two, the couple coming home and she's pissed off and blows out the candles. Yeah. And then the story is across the road is the principal. Yeah. I can't remember. But that doesn't happen straight away. <laughs> you threw me off there. But there's very, there's very good little bits in it where there's like when the kids are down by the uh, the lake thing the quarry and then she walks away and she in the distance you hear the werewolves howl yes yeah that's good and then you and then you actually go and then watch and then you watch that story and then the werewolves howl and you go oh that just happened in that bit over there okay i see i'm with you yeah sorry anyway that's got some nice bits we'll get more into that in the next section oh will we whoops (laughs) uh took 18 drafts of the script before the director landed on the right one. The one he landed on was chosen because the individual stories represented in the script represent Halloween at different stages of life. Oh, okay. Oh, I suppose so, actually. Yeah, good point. The story of uh, Dylan. Okay. What's his name? Which one? The teacher. Principal. Wilkins. Wilkins. Yeah. Uh, and his son. Yeah. There's a story of early Halloween experience of carving pumpkins with your parents. Okay, yeah. The next story is children trick-or-treating without their parents. Yeah. The teenage girls represent the boning years, where every celebration is seen through the lens of partying and sexing it up. <laughs> yeah. And Mr. Krieg is the last part, sitting at home, wishing everyone would leave him the fuck alone. I think I'm Mr. Krieg. I think I'm Kriegin' it. You Kriegin' it? I think I'm Kriegin' it up. It's got to be a between, hasn't there, from the teenage girls to the uh, to Mr. Krieg? 
Yeah, uh, maybe just maybe if they just honed in on what Wilkins was doing, not with his kid, but going out murdering. Well, see, that's where I am, I guess. Oh, going out murdering? Yeah, no, because I got, I got, I'm in that first story, but I'm not the kid. I'm the dad helping carve the pumpkins. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then going out murdering. Nice. So. Anyway, so that's another uh, treat. Keep wanting to see the light. The film was <laughs> shot and set to be released on Halloween 2007, but was pulled from release by Warner Brothers. It's not clear why they didn't release it, except maybe due to some competition at the box office that year, because a Saw film came out that year, but that seems like a stupid excuse not to release a film you've made. They then planned Halloween 2008 release, but that was also scrapped for some reason, so the, the film basically disappeared for a while until it came out on straight-to-DVD release in 2009, with no fanfare or marketing. So... What happened there, Jimmy? Well, they were up against Saw, weren't they? Was it Saw? Was it the very first Saw? No, it was like Saw 4. Oh, what? I know. It seems it was Saw 4. It was a later one. Saw 4 or 5. And it seems like a silly reason not to... There's always going to be competition if you're releasing a Halloween film at Halloween. There's always going to be other Halloween films for competition. It seems stupid. Like, you you can't just keep putting it off until there's no competition at the box office. No, Saw was big though. Saw was big at that time. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of stiffies for Saw. No were, but what? Even at Saw Four, maybe. Why well, might not? I can't remember. Was it definitely Saw Four? Or was it like Saw Three? <laughs> I don't know. Saw Two. I don't know. It wasn't Saw Two. It was later than that. Right. Anyway, that happened. But that's wasted because the... this is a, this is a really good film. I think. Yeah, just sitting on the back burner think... for two years until they decided, yeah, put it out on DVD. Yeah, yeah. They should have chanced it and popped it out because I think it would have gone down well in a big cinema instead of just on a little disc. Yeah. Well, I got one more for you. All right. This is a, a treat. At the beginning of the film, you can see the zombified school bus kids leaving Mr. Krieg's house after devouring him. You don't know it at this time, though. You just see some kids leaving his driveway and assume they are trick-or-treaters. So that's a pretty cool thing to look back on on a rewatch and see all these things. Yeah. Um, It was like three and a half minutes in. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's, that? yeah there was loads of little, little tiny little bits like that. You just see the characters in the background milling about, going about their business. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool yeah, like that, that at that point you can see basically the end of the films happening yeah, straight away, but you don't know that until you watch it again one day. Yeah, that's basically, yeah, the film's basically done at the start, but then you're watching it more in a comic book style. Yeah. Like you're reading it, like you're flipping through the pages, like going, oh, ah. Uh, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what that noise was, never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> I do it every time I watch a film and it suddenly clicks. Uh, Shyamalan films. Wow. I say it all the time. Right. Have you got something for us? Yeah, I've got a, I've, yeah, I've got a list of tricks for you. We're going to have to uh, take a break and come back to them, though. Okay, because yeah. Because for some reason our Zoom meeting's running out of time already. It's all that waffle at the start. The waffles, definitely. <laughs> right we'll see you in a minute boom right you hit us with a lot of treats there I'm going to hit you with some tricks sweet come on in right after a night spent trick or treating 8 year old Timothy O'Brien was given one last sweet by his father Ronald Timothy ate a pixie stick which I believe is some sort of American candy Okay. Sounds horrible. Probably out there. She crap. Yep. From the hands of his dad and soon began to vomit. He died before reached he reached the hospital. Police learned that Ronald, who repeatedly changed his story, had poisoned the pixie sticks with cyanide. Ronald was revealed to have been in serious debt and had taken out life insurance policies on his children. He was given a lethal injection a year later. Shit. Never paid off his debts, obviously. That's not a nice story. No, uh, well, this one will brighten up your life a little bit. Okay. On the night before Halloween 1975, 15-year-old Martha Moxley was on her way to a fancy dress party in Connecticut when she was killed. 
According to the New York Times, the teenager was found dead in the back garden, having been beaten to death with golf clubs. It would be another 25 years before Michael Scarkill, who was also 15 at the time, was convicted of her murder and sentenced to 20 years in prison. Scarkell maintained his innocence and his conviction was vacated by the Supreme Court in 2018. What? So he might not have done it. So he's meant to have beat her to death with golf clubs when they were like 15. And then they, 20 years later, for some reason, convicted him of it. it, I'm guessing because of DNA. Yeah. And then, and now he's been freed. Yes. So that's, that's basically unsolved. Probably, which is a shame. Or he did it and something didn't technically technically go through the courts properly. Yeah, which probably. Kind of it's probably that one. Negates the whole thing. Right? Right. That you one didn't these cheer two me chances. up like Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris were an influence, infamous duo known as the Toolbox Killers, named... So after picking up a series of young female hitchhikers and torturing them with simple tools, in 1979, the pair killed a woman named Shirley Lenford while she made her way home from a Halloween party. Lenford was tortured and killed before her body was left in a stranger's front garden. She was the toolbox killer's fifth and final victim. Damn. I think they got caught. I don't know. You'd have to do a deep dive on that one. You'd have to Google that one yourself. You'd think if we know their names well enough to know they did it, that they'd probably been caught. Good point. My bad. Um, ooh. I thought they were going to be uh, found killing toolboxes with a name like that. It got darker yeah. than I thought. Right. <laughs> on Halloween night... There's a theme here. Everything happens on Halloween. Oh, yeah. Good. It's a good for a Halloween special, actually. That yeah, Good thinking. Thanks. On, <laughs> on Halloween night in 1957, Peter and Betty F- Fabiano, Fabiano were woken by a knock at... Fabiano? Fabiano. Were woken by a knock at the door. Thinking it was a late-night trick-or-treater, Peter brought some sweets ready to give them. When he opened it, he was greeted by a woman wearing a mask who raised a hand wrapped in a paper bag and shot him in the chest, killing him instantly. Just like that. Police later arrested Joan Rabel, a woman who reportedly had a sexual relationship with Peter's wife, Betty. Mm, the twist. 1957 twist. Ah. According to the report, Rabel talked to another woman, Goldine Paisa into committing the murder. Paisa was sentenced to five years in prison while Rabble was convicted of second-degree murder. Betty was never tried in connection with her husband's death. What the hell? She basically hired these lesbians to kill her. Yeah, that's crazy. We've cracked it. We've cracked it, Sherlock. We've done that one. Yep. Right, moving on. Right, I've only got a couple more. Okay. Halloween. A New Yorker, Carl Jackson, was with his girlfriend on his way to pick up her son from a Halloween party when he was killed by a group of teenagers. According to the New York Times, the gang had been egging Jackson's car when Jackson got out and yelled at them to stop. In response, one of the youths pulled out a gun and shot Jackson through the head, killing him instantly. The lad, Curtis Sterling, then 17, was charged with second-degree murder and is currently serving a 20-year sentence. Second-degree murder. What's the difference between second-degree and first-degree? Second-degree is kind of... It was sort of an accident, or it wasn't planned. It was murder, but it wasn't planned. I thought that was manslaughter. Manslaughter is by accident. Second-degree murder is murder when it's not... uh, not What's premeditated. That thing where you plan it? Huh? Premeditated. Premeditated, yeah. Secretary, yeah. So first degree That's... is where you plan it ahead of time. Yes. Second degree is where it just happens. Yeah. And manslaughter is where you were meant to just trip them up, but they hit the yeah. head. It was an accident, like you do it with a car or something. But uh, that's a bit shit. 
Yeah. That every year at Halloween, uh, the man who killed this other man, uh, he gets a card from uh, the dead uh, bloke's mother, which just reads, I'm glad you're still there. Ah, nice. Every year on Halloween. That'd be a good film if when he gets out, he's hunted by her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Every Halloween. Wearing a mask. Of Of a dead son. Dead son skin, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Or the guy's, one of the guy's family members. Yeah. You killed my son, I'm going to kill every one of your family. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Right. Last one. In 1981, eyewitnesses spotted a man running away from a convent in Texas in the middle of the night. Nuns noticed the broken window in the community room and soon found the body of Sister Tandea Benze. The nuns immediately called the police, who later found Benze's clothes under a bed along with a knife. The man's name was Johnny Frank Garrett, and an autopsy revealed he had stabbed and sexually assaulted Benz before strangling her. Garrett was sentenced to death. and report says his last words were, I'd like to thank my family for loving me and taking care of me. The rest of the world could kiss my ass. <laughs> did he do that weird thing you just did with your tongue at the same time? Maybe. I don't know. He might have done. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They're my, they're my tricks. Nice. Done. Which Boom. one was your favourite story? Um, if you had to make one into a film. Into a film? Yeah. I like the idea of the, the, the woman's son getting killed and then her sending bits of uh, body parts of his family to her every to him every Halloween. Wow. When he's in prison. Yeah. I mean, I've obviously elaborated on the story. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't remember that bit, but she should definitely hunt down. His family, but wait till he yeah, gets out. Yeah, like, wait, maybe actually, like you said, wait until he gets out of prison because I yeah. don't think you could send a like his child's ear through prison no. mail. You'd have to put it in a cake, like they do with uh, escape stuff in films. Mm-hmm. You put your 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 file and a tiny hammer in a cake. Yeah, so they can ear escape. Cake. But now you just put body parts in it. Yes, finger cake. Ugh. <laughs> that's something completely different yep. that's another movie altogether right finger pie, finger kick <laughs> <laughs> we need to Gross. mosey on over to the master of the macabre yeah master of the macabre welcome to the master of the macabre we're going to find out who was a treat to watch and who was a trick and a dick in fact, we're not because we're just going to pick out the treat to watch, aren't we? We're not going to, we're not going to blast anyone. But welcome to Master of the Trick, Treat, shit, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe nailed it. Be able to tell that I am yet again ill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's not COVID, though, is it? I don't know. Uh, I've tested negative for COVID, but I went on a stag do on Saturday. And uh, a few of those people have messaged today to say they're ill and tested positive for COVID after being ill. And I woke up ill this morning and then they have messages. So I've tested negative anyway, but who knows? Anyway, so it you sounds like... You could be trapped I'm... in that room again for... <sighs> no, it won't be. A couple of weeks. Ten. That was December and we did an episode when I was in here. And then I was ill in May. And it seems like I'm always ill on podcast, but I promise I'm not. <laughs> anyway, it's Master of the Macabre. I've got two people on my list. Oh, okay. I've got two as well. Excellent. And I've just realised why I got confused talking about the story earlier with the name of the teacher. Okay. Because I was thinking of his actual name, not the character's name. That's why I got confused. I've just clicked. Oh, yeah. Well done. Because the actor's called Dylan Baker. Yes. And he yes. is one of my choices. Yes, he's also one of my choices. Who's right. your other choice? Or should we do the count after three again? I've done that for a okay. while. Okay, yeah, go on yeah. then. One, two, three, 
Robert De Niro. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. We watched Twins, did we? <laughs> <laughs> twins or treat? <laughs> I forgot it was Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if you were going to come in on it or not. You just you went for someone. Well, I mean, clearly they're hard to distinguish between sometimes. Uh, Robert yeah, De Niro. Oh, I've done it again. Robert De Niro. I was thinking of Danny DeVito when I was talking about twins. What is wrong with me today? Maybe I've got brain fog. <laughs> did you not get confused when I just said we watched the film Twins, did we? <laughs> well, I just thought because you meant Schwarzenegger, but I'm, yeah, I get it now. Yeah, no, I meant Danny DeVito. Anyway. Wow. Whew. Is that COVID? Maybe it's brain fog, who knows? Right, so it's neither of those people anyway. We're just talking to bollocks. <laughs> My other one was Brian Cox. Yes, Cox. Who was Mr. Krieg? Yes. Uh, I don't know who to give it to because Brian Cox was is obviously a, a a well-known actor who plays this really well and really got into it, clearly. And Dylan Baker, though, is just perfect as this psychotic teacher who has yes. this secret life. And you can see kind of both sides of him being good at the teaching and hiding that other side and being that principal dick and being yeah. a serial killer dick. He's in he's in plain sight, isn't he? Yeah. Serial killer in plain sight. But I think we should put it down to kills. What, kill count wins? I think so. Well, Mr. Krieg so didn't kill anyone, did he? Huh? Mr. Krieg didn't kill anyone, did he? Whoa, hold on a second. Let's just go with let's just go with the principal. In the film, who yeah. we saw him kill. Yeah. He had Charlie. He had the guy in the uh grave. Yep. And then he killed the girl at the uh carnival. Oh yeah. And left her propped up. So that's three. But it obviously he's killed before, but yeah. that's the three that we see. Okay. And then he gets killed by the werewolves. Krieg, however, he's got eight little disabled kids on his hands. Yeah? He's it... killed eight of them. Yeah, but oh, okay, so I've got a counter-argument. First off, in the film, Dylan Baker kills three people. But Brian Cox, Mr. Creed, doesn't actually kill anyone in the film. That happened in the past. And also, okay. he didn't kill him. Because... Well, he did kill him. No, he didn't. The little kid who got out of the chair and drove the bus into the quarry killed him. Oh, the old fucking Luke loophole. <laughs> yeah, the old, ah. I didn't do it, the special needs child did defence. Oh, okay. So the little disabled fella did it. Yeah, so they're haunting him at the end and he didn't even kill him. Fucking hell, that's a good point. As far as they know, he just drove him out for a day at the quarry. Ah, oh, Krieg's innocent. Did he Creed. come away with that cash in the end, I wonder? Maybe. Well, I don't know how the kids even knew he was going to kill him, but it was one of those that got loose and got into the driver's seat and drove over the cliff. He was as shocked as everyone else when that happened. <laughs> Fucking hell. Good spot. Right. It's got to be the principal then, surely. Yep, okay. Or, actually... <sighs> Honourable mention, Sam. He kills quite a few people in it. Yeah. Or is he just knocking about? But the Master and Macabre was the best acting. Oh, okay. And that was not an actor. Well, it must have been an actor who were walking around, but it was either a yeah, short dude he or was, a um, kid just walking around. Yeah, he was the little kid. He was the little kid who was, peering, who was perving at the girls in the um, changing rooms. What? That was who played. That was who played Sam. Oh, you mean the actor? Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't give it to him though for just walking around. No, fuck that. No. <laughs> who do you want to give it to? Yeah, Dylan Baker. Dylan Baker. And his medal will be in the shape of that kid's head. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. He's just got an odd look about him as well, and he, Dylan yeah. Baker. Yeah. Right. Sorted. Send him his medal. Yeah, I will. And uh, we'll move on to the next 
section. Jimmy, what is it? It's the Madhouse Rating System. Yeah. The Madhouse Rating. Right. First up, we have me doing a tasty little shot. Hold on. Another one. Well, we got tension and suspense. It's okay. I don't know about you, but I thought it was not necessarily great for tension and suspense. There are some moments. The best being uh, in the rock quarry with the school bus and the kids messing around down there, scaring each other. Uh, eventually being abandoned down there by uh, Rhonda because she got sick of their shit and uh, took the death Hell by yeah. herself. Um, apart from that, I didn't find it very suspenseful through the rest of it. I guess the bit at the beginning where... Uh, Sam kills the lady who blew out the jack-o'-lantern. And she's looking under all the the uh, decorations in the garden. Yeah. The, oh, the yeah. bed sheets over there. <laughs> washing. No, it's decorations. What am I talking about? Yeah, you assume because she's a woman in the garden, she's got to be hanging the washing. <laughs> you <Yeah>, boy! <laughs> right, well, that's on you. Send your complaints <laughs> to... So I wasn't that impressed by the uh, tension and suspense overall. I'd probably give it a half because it had like a a baseline suspense throughout Underlying, it. Underlying, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's meant to be necessarily suspenseful and oh, building up all this tension. I think it's just just supposed to be kind of a comic book style anthology type thing. It's kind of got a bit of comedy to it as well, hasn't it? With yeah, it's funny. A lot of stuff going th- through the film. So, uh, yeah, like you say, I don't think it's meant to have that much tension and suspense in it anyway. So should we give it half? Yeah, we'll give it half. It's not The Shining. We'll give it half. That's the standard. Right, next up is gore and visual effects. That's... <laughs> Are you right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just look like you gl- sounded like you glitched. <laughs> just a life glitch. Uh, well, this film is not the shining when it comes to go on visual effects either. But I did like it. I like the fact that, uh, well, due to the fact that all the sweets were laced with drugs or crammed with razor blades, they weren't allowed to use actual brands. So all the sweet wrappers were made for the production with the names of the sweets all coming from crew members' names or just silly names like Big Fudge Log. <laughs> So I liked that. Uh, Brian Cox was wearing a wig and prosthetics because he wanted to look a bit like John Carpenter. Both him and Michael Doherty are massive John Carpenter fans. And uh, the best bit of the visual effects and maybe the gore was the werewolf scene, uh, which was achieved. Is that because it was sexy ladies? It was a nice visual effect, is what I'm saying. Yeah, sexy ladies. That was, that's what that means. <laughs> I always say that when uh, hot ladies, you know, come on TV. I was like, oh, she's got some nice visual effects. <laughs> yeah, nah, it's great visual effects. This is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> that was done using mostly practical effects, and I, I don't mean the boobies. I mean the turning into werewolves, and we always love the practical effects over CGI. This was Doherty's choice because he prefers practical effects too. And I say it was mostly practical effects because it was augmented with some CGI. So augmented could... Well, it's a fairly open phrase. It could be, yeah. Could be heavy or it could be light touches. But I think it was light touches. I feel they let themselves down when... Uh, they pull the sack uh, when Krieg gets pulls the sack off of Sam's head. Yeah, and he's that weird pumpkin boy. I didn't even get he was meant to be half pumpkin. Yeah, I didn't even get that. Yes, little pu- little pumpkin boy, and he pull, pulls the sack off, and then he's just that weird. Oh yeah, little pumpkin CGI. boy was that uh, Halloween song that David Bowie and Bing Crosby did, wasn't it? After the success have... of their Christmas song, Little Drummer Boy. I don't know what you're referencing. Oh, okay. Oh, Little little Pumpkin Boy. Little Drummer Boy. Little Pumpkin Boy, yeah. Rubber, pump, pump, pump. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should give it one. I think there's some good 
effects in it. Okay. That were quite amusing. Fair enough. One and a half out and of a half. possible unknown amount. Okay, next up we have musical score and sound effects. Nope. We can do that we next. Have... We can do that next. No, we have performance. Uh, a pretty good performance, just to be honest. I liked it. Dylan Baker was incredible as the creepy teacher. He's got one of those faces where I think he could be any kind of character, and he nailed this role. Brian Cox, obviously a legendary actor as well, who we've already talked about, was very good. Um, there was one of those moments in this film that you hear about every so often, and people usually hold it up as a genius director move. I always think it's a bit of a dick move. And that was uh, Doherty genuinely screaming at Anna Paquin unexpectedly to get an authentic scream out of her. <laughs> uh, and I just don't get it. Uh, she was pissed about it at the time, but apparently came around to accepting it worked, which means I think she was probably pressured to taking back a comment. She said, <laughs> these are actors and they're there to act. They can act screaming. You don't need to scare someone in some power move on set like a dick. You don't make actors uh, fuck to get a genuine orgasm. You Porn. can pretend. And you go, oh, I actually stabbed someone there so I could get authentic dread and fear. And the blood looks so much more authentic. Which bit Just... was this, anyway? It was about 50 minutes in. And that's Rogue, isn't it, from X-Men? Yes. Jump. Yep. Just touch him and he'd been sucked of all his life. Uh... Because I don't think you absorb all the powers of the characters you play in films. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and uh, this film may have been before that anyway. Which is why nah. in X-Men did she not turn into a werewolf? Nah, X-Men was before this. Oh, okay. Surely. Oh, yeah, it must have been because it's really old, isn't it? Yeah, first X-Men was really old. All right. 99? 2000? Probably. Anyway, we're not talking about the X-Men. I think Dylan Baker, anyway, talking on performance, I think he could play a great paedophile in every, anything <laughs> he ever does, because he looks like a good one. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's a credit to him. He looks like a good paedophile, but <laughs> yeah. he does. He's got typecast. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> typecast as a pedo. Play what Brian you know. Cox is just amazing at whatever he does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think they did. Uh, I think they did all right. I don't think anyone was too shabby. Kids are a bit annoying, but I always find kids in films annoying. Actors, I think they're just knobheads. But yeah. It's good. yeah. On the strength of that, on the strength of Brian Cox, the legend. Yeah. I'd give it one. Okay, give it give it one then. I don't know where we are now. Two and a half. Yeah, I'll give it one. Sweet. Two and a half. Okay. Right, next up, musical score. Right. Sound we'll, effects. We'll swift past this one like we always do. It was fine, but it wasn't anything special. Boom. Half. Lovely. <laughs> half. half. That's three. Yeah. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Well done. Yeah. Right, the last one. Yeah. Is... Overall experience! <laughs> uh, I think it was okay. I don't feel inclined to take one away or give it one. No, I'd leave it I'd leave it at three. I'd maybe give it another half, maybe give it four, but I've but... watched it a few times. I think it's a very good Halloween anthology. I think it's a good film to watch every Halloween, like people watch Nightmare Before Christmas all the time at Christmas. This yeah. is a good film to watch. Get you in the festive mood for All Hallows Eve. So you're going to give it a half or a one? Because it's on three. Yeah, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it two halves. Okay. <laughs> so uh, to make it a four. Okay, that's four out of five. Two halves. That's generous. Two halves. I give it two halves. I think. Okay. You sure you don't want to give it four quarters? Yes, I'll give it four quarters. Okay. What does that bring it to? That gives four, I think, which I think is a nice, good, solid score for a good Halloween cult film. Ah, oh, excellent. Four out of five for Trick R Treat. Although we should talk about how stupid the name is. Because Trick R Treat. Yeah, it's R Treat. Just call it Trick or Treat. 
and yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, just call it something different. Even trick o treat, take away the R, so that oh, trick o treat would have been better. Trick o treat, like Jack o' lantern. Yeah, Jack o' lantern would have been better because there's so many jack o' lanterns in it. Yeah. Shit. Anyway, this is the point. Shit name Good of film. the podcast where we usually do the next film choice. We're not doing that, are we? No, not doing it this time. We're going straight to a band plug. Yeah! This is Ed Stone Horrors! Gonna lost it all! Your last man on earth, human's class is cursed, responsible down for, we're gonna lost it all. Reaching for the stars, leave behind the scars, responsible down for, we're gonna lost it all! Headstone Horrors live and unmixed in the studio 2020 EP available everywhere you stream music featuring me and Jimmy. Check out Headstone Horrors and all the socials and stuff. And as for this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, give us a sexy five star review, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and please send us some treats to suck my lolly at thehallowedweenie.com. <laughs> now, me and Jimmy have done our 50 episode warm up. We're ready to really get going with this podcasting lark, so we will see you for the very first series of the Madhouse Podcast very soon. Yes! <laughs> Nailed it!